Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and... These three, faith, hope, love, and the greatest of these is love. The word there is agape. You've heard that word before? Agape. Well, in Hebrew, it's uh, ahava. And actually, I want to change from, I'll not change, I'll just say this. First Corinthians chapter 13 is Paul's summary of the greatest of three gifts, faith, hope, and love. It's part of a section that begins in chapter 12 through 14 where he's talking to the Corinthians about various spiritual gifts knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, etc. And in chapter 12, he encourages them in the midst of their differences, their gifts, different gifts, their differences of opinions and their potential divisions to experience themselves as the new body of the Christos, as the body of the anointed one. Then in chapter 12, uh, he talks about that. And then in chapter 13, he goes on to talk about the power of love in contrast to the power of prophecy and the power of wisdom, that if we don't have love in the midst of all the other gifts that we have, then those things are pretty meaningless. And then he consummates this chapter by saying that we know in part, we see in part, but the time will come when we'll know face to face and we'll see more fully. And then he concludes here where he says, the greatest gift is the gift of love between faith and hope. Then chapter 14 he goes on to talk a bit more about the power of prophecy, which really... Is the power of deep perception. So basically, he's talking about attributes of love in chapter 13. What I like to focus on is not just the attributes of love, but what is the source of love? God. So, there's another passage. Matthew chapter 22 verses 36 through 40 Matthew 22 verses 36 through 40 and it reads this way in English this is a question posed to Yeshua Master Magister Didaskala which is the greatest commandment in the law or in the teachings and Jesus said to this person who asked the question, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. We've heard this before too, haven't we? Do you do this? 
Let me just read it again, okay? Let me, let me just read that again. I, mean, I know we're going to have a little fog going on right now. <laughs> so, this lawyer, scribe, student of the teachings, asked Yeshua, what is the greatest commandment? And Yeshua says, you should love the Lord your God. Well, this is the translation. Let's put it that way in the English. You should love the Lord your God with your whole heart and your whole soul and your whole mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second one is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophet. And just in case you have problems with the English, I'm going to read it in the Greek. All right? He says again, How the Afe auto agape says, Hurion tonte on su. In hole te cardiosu, kai in hole te posuke su, kai in hole te dianua su. That's alte esten he megale, kai prote in tole. The first commandment. Dutura. Homoya altes, agape seis, tona, lesion su, jose alton, love your name as yourself. In tau tais tais, du sin entolais, holos, honomos, crematai, kaihoi, prophetai. How am I going to do that? In English or Greek? So, the trick is in the wording. He's taken this from two passages. That is Yeshua. It's taking us from two passages. One is in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5. That's the first one. Loving with all of you, heart, soul, and mind. And the other one is from Leviticus, chapter 19, where it says, Love your brother or sister as you love yourself. Now, here's the, the piece that's extraordinary to me. If you know the meaning of the words, you get a deeper, sense, a deeper sense of what he's saying. In the Hebrew, it says, you shall cleave to and pursue and grasp. The word is ahava. Cleave to 
pursue and grasp. Yote Vahe Eloheinu. Now Yote Vahe means not the Lord. If you love the Lord, you're just being obedient because there's a power over you. You understand what I'm saying? That's just a power that's over you. And so it's an obligation. Matter of fact, it's not just an obligation. It's fear-driven. And it's fear-driven because the Lord can punish you if you don't do this. And if you believe it's a law or a commandment, then you are constrained from being otherwise because, again, you are afraid that if you break the law, you're going to be punished. So if you read it in the English, the way it's typically read, love the Lord means love the one to be feared. With all of your heart, with all of your might, all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And that's not what it says. It says, cleave to and love Yotevahe, which means the living one. Love the living one, the source of life itself, who also is your strong one. That's what Eloheinu means. Your strong one, the one who is able to give you the power to make things happen. You hear the difference? With all of your heart, then, means with all of your inner feelings and your inner being. That's the word uh, for heart. It's the word for inner perception and insight. Saying that love is not just or even primarily an emotion. It's a rhythm. It's a way of thinking and being. So with all of your inner being, with all of your nephish, that's the other word. Nephish means life force. When Adam was created in chapter 2 of Genesis, according to that story, the Elohim breathed into Adam's nostrils not just the breath of life, but the life force. Nefesh chaya. That which animates us. That which motivates us. That which empowers us. So love the living one with all of your heart. All of your inner sentient knowingness. With all of your powers of ability to make things happen. And then with all of your might or consciousness that gets translated as mind. Love your neighbor. Now let's look at the formula again. Cleave to the life power. That's the living one. Cleave to the life power that is your capacity. Elohim. It's inherent. It's in your DNA. It's your spiritual DNA. Cleave to and embrace the life power. Embrace life. Embrace the sunshine as well as the rain. With all of that which constitutes the very cells in your body. Because your cells are living, sentient, spiritual beings. Inside of a living, sentient and spiritual being, or a multidimensional being, and body, soul, and spirit. So he says in the first part, Jesus is responding, love life. 
That's the first commandment. Love life. Love livingness. With every cell in your body. And then, because you've done that, boom, boom, because you're doing that, <laughs> love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the one in proximity to you as you love yourself. Love the one who's in the same image of the living one as you love yourself. Love the one who also has the same breath of life as you love yourself. Now, here's the piece. Most people have a tendency to think that the text is saying, love your neighbor more than you love yourself. Be altruistic. Be self-giving. Be self-sacrificing. It's saying the opposite. It is actually saying, love yourself fully. And as you love yourself fully, you have the capacity and the abundance to love your neighbor. You hear the difference? It's not saying more. It's saying love life to its fullest. Love the living one who makes it possible to the fullest. So that then the abundance of what you do naturally, that's now a rhythm and not an obligation, overflows. And with the same power, the same passion, the same commitment that you first and foremost love the living one and love life and love yourself. With that same consciousness, love your neighbor. In another place, he was asked, yeah, sure. Well, then, who is my neighbor? This is in Mark. Somebody got real smart about it. Let me get this. Okay, I, I know who I want to like. <laughs> I know who I don't want to like, and I know who don't like me. So who is my neighbor? And what does Yeshua say? He gives him a parable. There was a man who went out. This man was accosted and beaten by some of his own, quote-unquote, left, left dead. And you know the story. A preacher came by. <laughs> Walked over to the other side. Huh? Another person came by. What did they do? They kept going too. And then someone who was despised in that culture, a Samaritan, who was a half-breed, so to speak, came and did what? Helped the man out of the ditch. Took care of him. And left provisions for him even afterwards, didn't he? And Yeshua says, and of course, in the parable, this is your neighbor. Now, the question is, who is the neighbor? Is it the one who's in the ditch? Or the one who took the person in the ditch out of the ditch? You see, that's the irony of Jesus' parables. You can look at it either way. The person in the ditch is the neighbor to be rescued, right? Yeah. But at the same time, the person taking the person out of the ditch is also being rescued. Hmm? Right? What are they being rescued from? Alienation. Bigotry. Because the Samaritan is the one in this parable who's the underside, the underdog. 
But the person in the ditch is the one who's trying to cleave to life. So, the Samaritan rescuing the Jewish man, in, a person in the ditch, is also rescuing whom? Himself. The same moment, the same time that he has enough love for himself. All of his heart, with all of his life force, with all of his mind, and to the extent that he can see himself in the person who's in the ditch. That very same moment, he's also being rescued and being healed. Do you get that? So when we love somebody else, it's because we love ourselves. When we reach out to help somebody else, it's because we also want the universe to reach out and help us. You got that? So what Yeshua is really saying is, oh, it can be read different ways, but let's look at it this way. Love those who don't love you. You hear that? It's easy to love those that love you. It's a good feeling all the way around. But to love those who clearly, undeniably, don't love you, that's extraordinary. That's what MLK meant when he said you have, you have to have strength to love. You hear that? It takes strength to love. That's why the story says, love your neighbor how? Love your neighbor the way you love life. Yes. And in loving life, you love your neighbor the way you love yourself. Because in loving your neighbor the way you love yourself, you heal yourself. So who was healed in the parable? Yes, the man pulled out of the ditch was healed. But even so, the one pulling him out of the ditch was healed. Do you get what I'm saying? This is a law. As I tell my students on Monday nights, Whatever it is you want in life, give it first. Now hear this. It's, it's like a seed. If you want healing, be a healer. You want prosperity? Give prosperity. To whom? Your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Someone who doesn't like you. What did I just say? Ah, that's right. What did I just say? Someone who doesn't like you. You hear the radicality of that? The rootedness of that? Someone who what? Who doesn't like you. Someone in the ditch who doesn't like you. They're in the ditch. You got to pull them out of the ditch. 
It is deep. <laughs> it's more than a... <laughs> can't hardly get it out myself. More than an ocean in it. You got to pull them out of the ditch. Because in pulling them out of the ditch, who else is being pulled out of the ditch? You are. That's the power you have, though. Now, that's, those are mighty words. That's the power that you have. This is the what? Pull them out of the ditch of your consciousness. How did I say that? Y'all hear what I said? Pull them out of the ditch where? Of your consciousness. That's the only way you can be free. Because as long as they're in the ditch of your consciousness, you're holding on to them the wrong way. And you're holding yourself down too. You see what I'm saying? But when you pull them out of the ditch of your consciousness, you pull yourself out of the ditch. Woo! Y'all feel that? And we're talking about a man who understood the nature of power. Remember now, he's saying this in the midst of the ghetto of the Roman Empire in Palestine. That's where he is. Born in an animal trough. That man didn't know who his daddy really was. They made up a narrative about his daddy being God. He was illegitimate. He was not a Roman citizen. He's talking from the underside of life. He's telling his disciples and the lawyer who can hear the hoofs of the Roman soldiers' horses all around them, controlling their every movement. You got to pull them out of the ditch of your consciousness. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven. Now you hear what I just said? You can see Rome. You can see its power. You can see its enforcement techniques. And they are real. He found out three years later how real they were. You follow me? They didn't hang him as a savior. They hung him as an insurrectionist because of the very things he was saying and doing. He wasn't hung between two thieves, two malefactors as they're called in English. He was the central one. Did you hear that? He was the main one. That's why he was there. It wasn't just metaphysical. It was political, social, economic, as well as metaphysical. In fact, metaphysical means it's inside of the physical. So our spirituality has to be rooted where? In everyday reality. That's why the power of pulling 
somebody who doesn't like you out of the ditch of your consciousness is what sets you free. Irregardless of their response. Because in the parable, we don't know when that man woke up if he knew who saved him. Are you listening to that? We do not know. When his eyes opened, if he knew who pulled him out of the ditch. It stops right there. In that unknown place where only the living one and life itself sees us. Did you hear me? Only where the living one and life itself sees us. Where reciprocity sees us. Where the right hand does not know what the other hand is doing. But the law does. And that's really the word for law. Torah, in the Hebrew, interlay in the Greek simply means understanding the principles of cause and effect. Teacher, what do the principles of cause and effect say are the two greatest teachings, the two greatest universal teachings? Number one, Love, life, and livingness. Your power. With all of your inner being. All of your life force. All of your consciousness. And love those around you. And most especially those who do not like you. As well. As you love yourself. Huh. And that's it. And so it is. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.